Alright, everybody, welcome to season two of Make More, Keep More. This is the podcast designed to teach you about all things related to your money. I am Ron Carruthers, the, well, we're kind of both everything, <laughs> but I'd be considered the keep more portion of the whole deal. And then we got Dominic here, who is the make more, he's a sales trainer and corporate advisor par excellence. So we talk about all things money here. So guys, man, I leave you guys alone while I go on vacation for three weeks and you guys break the crypto <laughs> markets, you guys break the stock market, could totally screw up inflation. Can't leave you guys alone with anything. I know. It's, it had to be basically up. our show that the fact that it wasn't on for three weeks just tanked the economy. I mean, it really, it really must, have been, it. <laughs> must have been what it is. No, I'm excited about today because I think it was interesting. So going back and looking at uh, and for those of you who who don't know or, or just joining on, we did actually take all of these episodes and we took them and, and put them into a podcast. So that's kind of exciting. You can find it anywhere you have podcasts, make more, keep more show. So season one is live now. And it's interesting. One of the some of the biggest the episodes that have had the most play, both on Instagram and in that uh, environment, were all stuff to do with entrepreneurial stuff. So we thought we'd uh, jo- dive into the entrepreneurial thing. But as always, uh, Ron will never hold back on talking about the markets and inflation and rates of return and everything else that's uh, exciting or terrible right now. Um, we'll still talk Don't about that. Taxes. Don't forget taxes. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're, we're going to talk about that. Actually, that is going to be something we're going to talk about a little bit today on entrepreneurial mistakes is is some of the big mistakes they make from taxes from a tax perspective. So I think that'll be a, a a good one for people on here and and if you've never joined us before make sure you drop your questions in the in the chat we've actually got our team watches them so if we miss them they'll uh, send me text messages so we can come back to your questions and make sure we have them so we've got uh, all sorts and of, of course, stuff for you that's a, nice, that's a nice humble brag that we actually have a team right yeah well we producers <laughs> no we do not have any of that that's for darn sure so <laughs> Uh, that's good. It's good stuff. So, so what, should we jump into some entrepreneurial mistakes? What do you, what do you think? Have it. Let's, Let's do it. it. So I heard a story, I sent you a text message about this, but I heard a story the other day from a buddy of mine and it kind of surprised me. And then the more I thought about it, I actually told Ivana, my wife about it. Um, and she was like, no way, really? He did too. But then the, literally the more we thought about it, the more I think it's probably a pretty common thing among entrepreneurs, especially when you're getting started out. So I'm, uh, I was playing golf with, with my good friend Robert the other day. Robert's incredibly successful, runs a company. I don't know what they do specifically as far as revenue-wise, but somewhere between 50 and 100 million, he started it from scratch. He used to own another business that did about $20 million a year. And he was telling me he used to do his taxes with H&R Block. It, he actually started with TurboTax at 20 million. And he's a smart dude. Like, like, you know, like I want to make fun of him for like, you're such an idiot, but no, he's actually a smart guy. Like he runs an incredible, he runs multiple businesses. One of his businesses, he supplies all the potatoes to Frito-Lay and Burger King. So like this dude knows what he's doing. Right. So, but he ran a $20 million business that he tried to fill out his taxes on TurboTax and then went to H&R Block and didn't find out that was a bad idea until he got a board of directors who came on and was like, dude, what are you talking about? One of them's a tax attorney. One of them's a, one of them's an accountant. So tell me about that. How do you see that? I mean, I know you do tax returns for a lot of businesses. So like, do you see it where, I mean, what, why is it a big deal? I mean, I'm assuming maybe a couple people watching or who will watch this may have thought they could do it on their own. I used to, 
what's the you know here's the thing when it comes to taxes there's a couple rules that you have to keep in mind at all times number one is the tax code is written for the self-employed individual 100 percent. it is written for the business owner it is written for the entrepreneur it's written for guys like robert who uh guys like us who have businesses employ people and so and you have to realize that that's not wrong or bad um it just is and the reason for that is is people that start businesses are the people who create jobs and so a lot of businesses fail never make it but the ones that are successful you eventually cannot stay as a one-person solopreneur forever you've got to add some staff so the government rewards that because you're providing jobs now at the same time we have congress who every year adds about another thousand, five hundred to thousand pages. And if you looked at the list of tax acts, even within a given year, where they change rules, add rules, drop rules, add credits, drop credits, and Congress loves to do stuff retroactively. So one of the biggest crashes that our economy ever experienced was in 1986. Um, now I learned about learned about it. I mean, I remember, vaguely remember the headlines because I was just out of high school. But um, they turned around and changed the tax rules for real estate after the fact. So people went in and bought real estate based on one set of rules. And then they turned around later and were like, ha, psych, guys, kidding. We don't care that you made decisions based on what we told you the rules were. We just went in and changed them. Yeah. And it, it wrecked the economy for a period of time. Um, so the thing to keep in mind is that these rules are incredibly complex. And just because you have a CPA or an enrolled agent doesn't mean that they keep up with these rules. And certainly H&R Block and, and is kind of considered with no disrespect to them. It's just a little more. And these are the words. They are a tax preparation firm. What you guys are going to want as you're growing your business is you're going to want to tax planning firm and even there's a plenty of cpa offices that don't do tax planning right. they record history they don't want to work with you to help create history and so the biggest problem is is that during those years your buddy robert probably turned around and lost thousands or tens of thousands possibly even into the hundreds of overpaid taxes mm -hmm. which cuts into his bottom line, isn't money that he can reinvest, is, is employees that he can't hire. So that's the thing to keep in mind. It doesn't mean you have to have a tax person. What it means is if you're going to be a business owner, you need to be thinking about it, and there will come a point where you need a tax professional on your team, just like you would need a marketing director and an HR, you know, and right. all those sorts of things as your business grows. Well, sorry for that rant. No, it's. I mean, that's exactly the rant I wanted to hear. Like, you know, it's interesting because you think about. Um, sorry, I had my volume down a little bit. Um, I, I, so here's a here's a fun one for you. My mom went, and you know my mom. Uh, my mom went through the H and R block certification process and was doing tax returns for them for a while. You know, my mom's look. She's got. She's an interesting lady, but she's a smart lady. You know, there's no. There's, you can't. She's intelligent. No woman, doubt about but it. There's no doubt about. No it. She's doubt an intelligent woman. Yep. But you know. <laughs> You want my mom 
My mom's uh, 70, she's going to kill me if she, well, she'll never hear this, but 76 years old this year, I think. So, you know, like, do you really want my mom doing your tax planning? I mean, and that's what you're going to get at an H&R Block. She doesn't do it anymore, but she did it for a few years. She she just came in during the season. They hired a ton of people. She made a little extra cash, did some tax returns, got to meet some people, hang out. I mean, she dug it. It was a fun little gig for her. But like, yeah, do you really want that? in control of your business. I, w- I wouldn't. I'll tell you that. <laughs> By the way, Dominic, can you give your fax number out in your address so when the H&R Block's lawyers serve the paperwork yeah. for what you <laughs> just did? They can yeah. serve it to you and not me. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely give them my fax number. <laughs> yeah, 2001 is calling. They want their fax number back. But yeah, no, so, so you know, and it's interesting, we talked about this last season. Remember, we had we had Matt on, who was a uh, is a is a mortgage and, and finance expert. But, yep, uh, awesome guy. If you guys missed that episode, all about mortgages and what mortgage rates are going to do. And by the way, it's really funny to go back and listen to that episode. Like everything that's happening right now in the mortgage market, he predicted was pretty impressive. He nailed it. Yep. And then week before that, I think we had a real estate guy on. I know in a couple of weeks we're going to have somebody who's a specialist in college planning and stuff. And you know, it's interesting. I think that brings back to that point of the one of the biggest mistakes I see is entrepreneurs and I made them. And just for those of you who are just joining on, Ron's run a business for what is it? 32 years over. We'll say over 30. Ron's had his own business for over 30. We just celebrated our, our uh, seventh anniversary while we were on break between seasons of the show. And uh, but then before that, I spent 10 plus years helping small businesses. So I've been around that world a lot. And the mistake that I made early on is thinking I could do it alone. And I think that one of the big mistakes entrepreneurs make that, that I certainly wish I could have gone back and done, it would have saved me years and made me a lot more money is having a team of advisors. Have somebody I can call when I have a tax question. Have somebody I can call when I have a legal question. Have somebody I can call when I've got a lending question. That they can, and, and then some people like Robert, for we just you know harassed him for going to H&R Block, but he's brilliant in business. And I, when I'm stuck on something, I'll call him up. Like she, I'll just pay for a round of golf, go hang out with him for a few hours, ask him a few questions. And he's like, yeah, this, this, and the, oh, but well, have you thought about this? Oh my God, I didn't. You're right. And it just, you got to have a team of advisors when you're an entrepreneur, like assemble a crew. <clears throat> that goes right back to if any of you guys have ever read Think and Grow Rich. Um, you know, which is the kind of original classic, how to get your mind right for business. Um, and someone wisely pointed out, you can't just think and grow rich. You have to do, (laughs) but so a better title might be how to think to grow rich. But, um, one of the key tenets of the think and grow rich philosophy is surrounding yourself with a mastermind. Someone, so you have people who know how to handle a legal problem, know how to handle a business problem, know how to handle a tax problem, know how to avoid those problems in the first place. So that would be a huge area. By the way, when you were playing that round of golf, Dominic, I heard you met an Instagram celebrity. <laughs> Dude, it was everyone who you met. It was awesome. So, you know, it's funny, like I live in L.A. It's not like we don't see some celebrities. And I was in, I was, you know, a musician for a long time. I used to go to all the music shows and NAMM show and stuff and meet all sorts of musicians and all that stuff. So I don't like f- fangirl, <laughs> for lack of a better word, on uh, celebrities too much. But this dude actually made me like a little bit nervous. It was it was great. So I'm pulling up, finish up, finish up the 18 holes and I walk or drive up. because I'm just dropping off the cart. And uh, there is standing by himself. There's nobody else around. Manolo 
So for those of you who are fans of golf at all, you've probably followed the Instagram handle Manolo Teaches Golf. If you haven't, you need to. Ron doesn't even play golf. He follows yeah, him. I don't play I don't play golf and, and I watch his videos he, and they're hilarious. They're hilarious. Like, and I, I will this guy. I will tell you that dude has single-handedly shaved five strokes off my golf game from his tips because <laughs> they're legit. So I end up seeing him and I was and his whole thing is stay nasty. And he's got this like fun, you know, Spaniard accent, which is funny when you meet him in person. Well, I won't spoil it. But anyway, so uh <laughs> but but uh but yeah, in in oh man, he was so cool. He's super chill dude. And I was like, hey man, I don't normally do this, but would it would it be possible to take a selfie with you? And he was like, Yeah, man. So he so we go over, we took a selfie, and then my buddy Robert was actually behind me, like a couple holes behind me, and he was all pissed off because I sent him a text message with the picture. He's like, You gotta be kidding me. Well, sure enough, he gets back. And they were sitting there having a drink. So he bought Manolo a drink, ended up chilling with him for a little while. So, yeah, it was a cool thing. If you're into and you're into golf at all, even honestly, even if you're not, if you're interested in how to create great content on Instagram, you got to follow Manolo Teaches Golf. It's funny. It's informative. It's uh, I, what I love about him is he gives and gives and gives. And then when he's selling something, he's very clear about it. And I, speaking of here's a side side note on it, entrepreneurial mistakes. For those of you who are content creators, don't try to be fancy and give that is like give air quotes, but it's like a backdoor sales pitch. Just provide value, <laughs> like go out and provide value. Watch Ron's stuff like he just gives you tax tips. He just gives you accounting tips. He gives you information about your finances. I try to do the same. And then once in a while, yeah, we sell you something, but we'll tell you we're selling you something like don't try to mix the two. It's bad for your audience. So that was a side point to entrepreneurial mistakes. But, but Manolo's awesome for that. So anyway, it was a fun, fun day. I don't really usually get all nervous about celebrities, but I admire him. He does a great job and he was super cool in person. Which is always nice to see because yeah. some celebrities are complete D-bag when you meet him in person. Yeah. And, you know, it was really nice. Like I, I said, don't, I go, can I take a set? Do you mind? I mean, I, I hate, but I, I follow you. I love you. You're awesome. And he was like, hey, he actually said, he goes, hey, thank you for the respect. I appreciate that. Of course, I'll take a selfie with you. But thanks for the respect. Nice. And I just thought it was a good, like, example of just ask. You don't, don't try to tell, take the dude's picture just because whatever. But he's got about, I think, nearing up 800,000 followers. And he yeah. started about a year ago. He's pretty big on TikTok, too. Yeah. He's got a decent TikTok following. Yeah, for sure. All right. Enough of that. Yeah. Enough of Dominic's travels. Yes. And uh, rubbing elbows with celebrities. <laughs> Man, I'm going to throw, I got to tell you a joke. I don't even know if I told you my story about I flew over first class to Europe, mm. but I was too cheap to pay for the upgrade. And the upgrade was considerably more expensive coming back. I will never make that mistake again. No, don't do that. <laughs> it was, I was jammed in. The only, the only good point about the whole deal is the guy sitting next to my wife, we were jammed in back there. He looked exactly like Daniel Craig from the side, like exactly. And he was watching No Time to Die. So <laughs> I'm like, Sylvia, it's a glitch in the Matrix. It's, yeah. it's Daniel Craig back here with us watching the Matrix. I'm freaking out, man. Yeah, anyway, yeah that, that was an entrepreneurial mistake. I'll tell you something about that. Yes, which is because it leads to a really good point, which is when you run a business, always keep in mind your your dollar per hour that you're either earning or you need to earn to make the business run and then turn around and make sure that you are not doing any tasks 
that are worth less than that dollar per hour rate. Now, I've got one of the tax professionals in my office that does returns. We're having repeated conversations about this because great employee, loyal, could not ask for a better employee, but but wants to power through and muscle through everything um, herself. And it's like, no, you don't. You're getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. Your mind. You're not getting paid for just your effort. So let's let's storyboard this and figure out what we need to make the flow of work go faster. Because I need you charging your rate more often not stopping to do $20 an hour work. And so, and I, I take that back to my, um, to my situation, which is I came back from a relaxing trip for the most part, absolutely wrecked because I had a 14 hour flight in coach and not good coach, like bad coach. Whereas when I paid for the upgrade, I got to sleep a couple hours on the flight, which I never sleep on a flight. I got, I just landed refreshed and relaxed. I got to take shower at the airport because I had access to the lounge. So it was me being penny wise. I saved a couple thousand dollars, but at the end of the day, it took me a couple extra days to recover because it was just so miserable and wrecked on this flight. And people do that all the time. Do you have any idea how hard we have to pry away bookkeeping from someone. Now, look, I don't care. Bookkeeping is a very low. Um, we don't make tons of money on it. We make a little bit of money on it because I pay the bookkeepers well. But entrepreneurs are like, no, I want to do it. I've been doing it for years and I, I do this. And how many other tasks are they doing just like that, that they do, but they're not in what you would call their sphere of genius which is the stuff that brings money in the door. And if you're the business owner, you have one job, which is to make that cash register ring. I know nobody has cash registers anymore, but you guys get the analogy. <laughs> yeah. It's to bring clients in the door, that pay money, keeping those clients happy, serving them. But you can hire people to do those other pieces and you can damn sure hire somebody to do bookkeeping and minutia and filing and copying and sorting and all that stuff, but you cannot generally in the early days hire someone to bring money in the door. So think through your daily routine and where are the areas that you're losing money. Just like we talked about in your financial life, where are you costing yourself money unknowingly and unnecessarily? Before I go on a brief rant on the, both of those topics, because you're a hundred percent right. Uh, let me give you a quick thing for those of you who just joined. This is the Make More, Keep Short More show. Uh, we actually have done one full season, 12, 13 episodes of it. We took a couple of weeks off so Ron could gallivant about Europe for a while. Uh, and we timed that weirdly because I'm taking a vacation coming up next week. But, you know, whatever. We'll figure it out. So, uh, but this is the Make More, Keep More show. We talk about all things on uh, all things making money. Um, I'm Dominic, usually focus more on the make more side of it, but passionate about the keep more. Ron, same kind of thing is more on the keep more side of it, tax expert, finance expert, but also knows a fair bit about making some of that money. And one of the things that we saw coming out of season one is we went back that we have a lot of you folks who are entrepreneurs on there or, or trying to convert actually one of our best performing episodes was turning your side hustle into your main hustle. 
But we want to talk a little bit about, oh, you lost weight. Look at that. You're a fan. Dude, I haven't. Thank you, your local crack babies. I have been losing weight. been working out like a crazy person, controlling my diet, like eating healthy. Yeah. You know, all stuff I should have been doing 25 years ago. Yes. Although I always worked out. But thank you. Back to business. So, yeah. So, okay. talking today about entrepreneur mistakes. and and uh, But you do look good. Yeah. So, it was, it was worthwhile talking about. Um, Thanks, man. And for the record, I did actually start working out this week. And I'm as sore as can be because I finally started. I've never really lifted weights. And so, I'm doing that now. And holy Toledo. Uh, but anyway, that's uh, back, back to that. So hopefully, hopefully some changes by season three. Uh, so yeah, so entrepreneurial mistakes and Ron brings up such a great point is don't, what is the expression? Uh, penny wise, pound foolish. Like I, so a, lot, a while back, I don't know about three, no, about five years ago, I decided to start flying nothing but business class everywhere. And I get, you know, people, oh, that's not, and the clients will push back on it. Like, why are you charging me for business class travel? And and all that stuff. Well, one reason was a health reason. I would work, you know, I'd fly to like Miami regularly. I had a client out Miami and I was out there every couple of weeks and I would fly that five and a half hour trip. I'd get upgraded because of status to like economy plus. And I would try to work the entire time. And I eventually ended up with a blood clot because I couldn't move around the cabin. That was funny. But anyway, so I couldn't literally move because I would take a window seat and just sit there and I don't want to bother everybody. So I would just sit in my seat and work the whole time. I'd end up getting there. I'd be trashed. I ended up spending like months out of the business recovering from a pretty serious blood clot. And so I decided and, and Ivana supported it, like I'm going to fly business class. What I have since found out, though, is it's more than that. Ron's absolutely right. If you go to show up for a client, like if they want me there in the office an hour after I land, I can make it because you go to the lounge, take a quick shower, have a nice cup of coffee, get right into your Uber, show up at their office and put in a half day of work. Like if you're flying from West Coast to East Coast. Right. So I love it. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's little decisions like that. The other one is bookkeeping or checking your own email, for heaven's sakes. Like, you know, Alessandra joins on and helps us with the questions and things. And so, all, you know, she's joined our team. And, and like I check my email twice a day. And if there's anything important, she sends me a text and says, hey, you probably want to log in and take a look at this or says, hey, how do you want me to respond on your behalf? Right. So, uh, yeah, Ivana, Ivana taught me that, too, is don't check bags because um, don't waste time. Right. So what we don't realize is we don't spend enough time thinking as entrepreneurs about our hourly rate. Now, you hear people go like, well, I don't want to trade dollars for hours. I, I hear you. But think about it in your head. You have to trade dollars for hours in your head. You have to understand where you're at. And, and if your bill rate is $500 an hour, which it should be for most of you in a service-based business, at least $500 an hour, if you're at that, then yeah, what about you, Ron? How many hours did you lose? And your bill rates probably equates to a lot more than $500, hour, $500 an hour. Did you lose more than four? Let's say you were $500 which I know you're more than that. And did you lose more than four hours that you should have than when you would have if you've flown business class? Right? It, yeah, absolutely, dude. There's yeah. your 2,000 yeah, bucks. And it wasn't just, I, I could have gotten work done, which you could, it was literally impossible to do. I couldn't even pull my laptop out. That's the I other thing, way, yeah. I was literally wedged in like this right. against the window. Um, but secondly, so I could have knocked out some work and easily played, paid for the flight. But secondly, I was so wrecked when I landed. So again, this isn't about 
you know, two guys flexing about no. buying business class. It's the, hey, you may not be in a position to do this right now, but what, where can you outsource to save time to get other pieces, you know, to make the business grow, to generate more top line revenue, which is what allows you to do some of these other things. Yeah. And uh, it comes down to like, I teach this concept. I learned it from somebody else. I did not come up with this, but it's like the four P's of time management and the top two P you just picture it as like a grid. And the top two pieces are like promotion and production and promotion is what it sounds like. You're promoting your business. And the next one is production, which is actually you're producing stuff to promote your business. So whether that's your Instagram content, your whatever social media platform you're on, like I do a lot on LinkedIn, there's that's production time getting ready for that. And then you have your stuff that's like your your uh, I can't remember the word what the, what the word is for the P, but it's basically like the stuff you're obligated to do for your clients is down in the lower left. And then you have the pedestrian stuff is the lower right which the pedestrian stuff is you're checking your emails, booking your travel. I'm still guilty of that because um, I just have a hard time handing that over. But I should. You're bookkeeping. You're all that type of stuff. You got to get that stuff off of there because what ends up happening is that people, because promotion's hard, because sales is hard sometimes, we default to the really easy stuff. So we'll spend two hours checking email and fiddling around with some travel plans and and doing some bookkeeping because it will actually take away the time that we have to promote our business, which is hard for a lot of people. And you end up pretty soon, your business is on a diminishing returns. And you're absolutely right. Like this isn't about a flex of flying business class travel. There have been times where we've, I've had to redeem points in order to do it because I, but I, but I got to do it. I still have that like mentality that that needs to happen because it's so important to your productivity and what you can accomplish when you get there. And when you travel any length of time, you're going to get jet lag. If you're caught up on bookkeeping, something's going to go amiss and you're going to, you're going to not find something. There's going to be something that doesn't balance. And you're like it, that $2 and 50 cents that you can't find will drive you nuts for two hours. And what is that worth to you? $2 and 50 cents. Like I know it needs to balance. Let somebody else deal with it. Like one of the great things in our business, like what I got to the, I was so pleased in 2021, Ivana uh, has a background in bookkeeping. When she approached us, approached me last year and said, I want to offload bookkeeping to somebody else. It made me so happy because she's always done it for us. That is her background, but she also brings insane amount of value to the business in other respects. She can actually kind of a rainmaker of her own. She helps me with good ideas. She's good resources, all sorts of stuff that she does. So when she said, like, can we get somebody else to do bookkeeping? Now it's interesting because we use your firm for it. And like she was telling me, she's like, I don't even know what Stephanie did. This stuff's just done. And I got a quick meeting with her to talk about it. And it's just done. And now Ivana can go off and do other stuff that makes us money. And that's that's the key of doing it. And so sometimes it's a sh it could even be housekeeper. I know business owners who have a chef. Because it saves them time. Like, dude, I have a chef. Right. <laughs> Come on. That's right. I forgot about that. It's not a flex. It's a single mom. So it's not like I got a guy like, uh, you know, Axe in Billions that <laughs> just shows up and stands around and whips up whatever I want. Right. But I have a lady. I have a lady who drops meals off twice a week. I pay her probably a 30% premium over what I would pay if I went and bought all this stuff myself. And it just, I have food stacked in my fridge that's healthy. So I'm not running. So I'm not losing time running out trying to grab lunch every day. And I'm not eating crap. 
you know, because I have an In-N-Out burger directly across the street from my office. I right. have a Chipotle around the corner. At least Chipotle is moderately healthy. But um, but it's just, you know, I think you guys have the idea of what we're trying to say here, which is manage your time like you would manage your money. And like your local crack babies just said, is time is the most valuable currency because you cannot generate money that you lose can be replaced, but you can never get the time back. And yeah, you've heard that a thousand times before, but one of the, one of the biggest areas of control when we approach a client financially is if they they're just losing money, we've got to have them sit down and do a budget. Nobody wants to do a budget and it sucks, but it identifies areas where they're losing money unknowingly and unnecessarily the same concept applies to your time when you're a business owner right it's you've got to know where your time is going and if you haven't sat down and tracked your time in 15 minute increments probably a really good time to get started do it for a week or two and even if you don't make any other changes just the fact that you're keeping track of your time will force you to become more efficient with your time and that's kind of that's kind of where anything that's measured will improve. That's an old adage. Yep. And um, someone else, I can't see who said they started having meals delivered. I'm telling you, who is that? Uh, oh, Karina. Hey, good to see you. Um, yeah, it makes such a difference. And by the way, when I do it, I, it's, a, it's a widow. I mean, she's got a small kid. He's like 11 or 12. And so I'm helping a local mom out that can stay home with her kid, you know, and it's me and a bunch of other people. Obviously, we're not our only client, but it's a game changer. Just little things like that. Housekeeper coming once a week, doing my laundry, cleaning the house. So, I mean, look, the woman I live with, she doesn't like to clean. So having, knowing that I got someone who does like to clean, you know, I don't like to clean that much. So having somebody come in, and do it for us all game changers. All right, man. Yeah. Have we beat that one to death. We did beat that one to death. So so here here's here's another one that I'll say, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, especially as a guy who's run a business for for You don't even have to you don't even have to say that because you know I'm gonna give you my Well, I know that's true. Heck. But I was just trying to do the flow of, you know, a good interviewer type thing. You know, so okay. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so um so I was taking notes. I was watching uh, my next guest needs no introduction. You know David Letterman's Netflix show. Watching that, you know, or is it Netflix? Wherever it is, and watching that, and I was like, dang, that dude's a good interviewer. So I was like, man, we gotta we gotta incorporate some of this back in. And then you were doing homework, watching podcasts, y'all. We're taking this seriously. We're trying to get we're trying to get better at this show. And feel free to drop suggestions in here if you if you've got some for us. But one of the things that we do see is, or I see a lot, is that because of all the time management stuff that we just talked about, people get in, inconsistent with trying to land new business. Like I won't talk sales specifically, but like all the activities to, to land new business, they get inconsistent with it. So they start off, they do, they have, they have a couple, you know, they, they get focused on it. They land a couple of clients, money's coming in the door and then they drop all those activities then the money starts to taper off and they're like, oh, crap, I got to go back. And now the problem is you smell desperate when you go on a sales call, right? Like you go to talk to somebody and for some reason, and I've never put my hand, uh, finger on why this is, but for 20 plus years of managing salespeople, when they're below quota, it's like the prospects can smell it, right? It, hey, man. 
They can. Yeah, they can, yeah, right? It's the same reason you'll see the dog sit on the porch, like I'm sitting on my porch right now. The dog will sit there, and 100 people will walk back and forth. And the first person that walks by that's terrified of dogs, the dog knows. Right. Off the porch, biting that person's ankle. Like, you know, they, they just know. Because I, I, I had a client, I, I had a girl I was training in business 20 years ago, Dominic. And she made, ter- she was a great, great, she, she's got a great business going now. You know, we just parted ways. But I was training her in my business. And she would, she, her personal life was a train wreck. Mm. But people would come to us in that business at that time that will bring on an ex, uh, um, an expert, my buddy that I've worked with for 15 years plus, um, in that business where we help families that didn't save enough for college. So here's this girl sleeping with like two married men who keep promising her they're going to leave their wives for and have been promising it forever. I mean, you know, like whatever, no judgment, but just like she would totally judge every client that came in the door. Like, how can you be so stupid? You knew you had a kid. Like, what do you mean you didn't save for college? She didn't say it. She thought it and they could smell it out. So she, and I kept trying to tell her, like, you can't think of them as stupid. Look, you make bad decisions. I've made bad decisions. You're making them right now. Like, just have some empathy for these people that, hey, man, kids grow fast. Life happens fast. Braces happen. A roof collapses. And all of a sudden, you're looking at college and you are like, oh, shit. You know, like, I told them if they got good grades, they could go wherever they wanted. And now we've got a problem. And by the way, that business, we saved a lot of people a lot of money for college. And so when I, we have that expert on you guys, if you got a kid that's going to go to college, whether you make a ton of money and have a ton of money in 529s or you're like the rest of us who didn't save enough for college, we will talk to you about that. And we're going to drop some deep knowledge on you guys for that. But the point was that she, in her mind, was judging them and they could smell it out a mile away. Yep. And they just didn't feel comfortable working with her. You know, because she was judging him, whereas I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, life happens fast. Sucks. All right, let's fix this problem. Yeah. And I think so. So going back to that, how did you how did you do it where where you kept like you've always had a pretty consistent business? Not that every business doesn't have its highs and lows. And 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 some of those are self-generated from stupid mistakes we make. Right. But tell me about how majority. Yeah. Yeah. Right. How did you keep stuff pro- uh, like consistent? Like, how did you keep the the steady client flow coming in? Did, was it a little time every day working on it? Was it hiring I people? Like, <clears throat> I got a lesson from Dan Kennedy. Mm-hmm. And if you guys have not read Dan Kennedy, you guys are cheating yourself. Mm-hmm. Dan Kennedy is like the OG of marketing in general now he's not the oldest guy to do it because you can go back to the turn of the century with robert collier and um uh who's the guy who wrote scientific advertising oh uh, think of it not ogilvy claude claude hopkins oh hopkins yeah 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 gary halbert but dan kennedy has been around since the early 70s still alive now um i think click funnels and russell brunson's company bought his newsletter and they're working together but Dan is a wealth of information. And for those of you guys who have never read Dan, you are absolutely in for a treat because Dan is one of us. Dan's gone bankrupt twice. He's had businesses do well. He's had his businesses fold. He's been divorced. He's been married three times to two women because he married the second one twice. 
And he had a pretty funny joke about that one when he got remarried to Carla. He goes, yeah, I married into money. It's mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's one of the best jokes that's I've awesome. ever heard. That's awesome. But, but Dan Kennedy has a habit. Dan Kennedy, back when we were paying him, as $10,000 a day to consult with him. You had to fly to Cleveland. You had to be waiting on uh, your hotel's doorstep at 830, come and pick you up, drive you back to his house, which you could never find again on your own. And um, you consult down in his basement for eight hours. He'd drive you back. You'd go to lunch at his favorite little shabby place. But he said something that stuck with me. He said a lot of things that stuck with me. But the number one thing is, Ron, every day, every day I do something to generate business for this business. He goes, it doesn't matter if I'm booked a year and a half in advance. I'm going to do, I'm going to send one fax. I'm going to make one phone call. I'm going to follow up with one client that can lead to new business for my company so my pipeline never gets empty. And he also said something else later that was like, because Dan's like, you have to fill out an application to join these groups and all this stuff. And I think I had to bullshit my way into one of his platinum group at one point because mm. we weren't doing a million dollars. You had to be doing a million dollars a year in an information uh, business. And I lied. I'm not proud. I don't lie often. But I, yep, oh, yeah, we're doing a million bucks. And guys were flying into that group on their pri- private jets. But I wanted to be in the room of guys that were all doing a million bucks. And it was very clear that we, we didn't belong there in the beginning, but we quickly picked up. So I would say as a business owner, number one, read every day to keep your mind right because it can grind you down out there. And one of the things I loved of the 75 hard challenge that I just finished was it got me back into the habit of reading 10 pages a day because I've kind of slipped on that one. Secondly, do something to generate business every single day of your life. Yeah. And and just to give you guys some sense, I know there's some from famous people like you may not know Dan Kennedy, but you'll know of some of the people that came out of him, uh, came out of his course. Russell Brunson is one of them, who's now acquired him. Frank Kern Frank came out Kern. of there. Uh, Alex yeah, Hermosi. Alex Hermosi, who's really big on Instagram right now, came out of Dan Kennedy's program. Ryan Dice, who's somebody I've done a lot of work with, also came out Ryan of Dan Dice. Kennedy's program. You got to understand, like some of the guys, actually, I would say a good portion of the people that you may follow on Instagram and are huge on, um, you know, on Instagram came out of Dan Kennedy's program. Now, I was never in Dan Kennedy's program because I feel like I got literally since I been hanging out with Ron hearing, oh, dude, you got to try this. I would come to him with uh, stuff, some issues with like when I was still in corporate America managing teams. And he was like, oh, man, Dan Kennedy said this. You should do this. Try this stuff. Like I used to manage my team the way I responded to voicemails back in the day when I checked email, how I did all that stuff was all Dan Kennedy based stuff that Ron taught me. So I personally didn't go into Dan Kennedy stuff. I've seen him speak and and some of that stuff, but like, he's awesome. So just when we talk about somebody like a Dan Kennedy who's written, I don't know, 50 books and, and most yeah, of his books on Instagram are no BS and then enter no BS sales letter, no BS copywriting, no BS sales, no BS. He's the man, like he's really, but, but like, I think what's great about him is the fact that he's just so human, you know, and, and, and he's again, spawned a lot of the people that you guys probably follow on Instagram. Um, including Ron, um, and to some degree me, and you know, because he's incredible. 
So, I mean, Tony Robbins, I mean, some of all these guys, like at some point or another had interactions with Dan or did coaching with Dan. So a uh, big, big time guy. But yeah, no, I think the, staying consistent with all those things and just having a pattern is or a, or a approach and a methodology every day that you're trying to accomplish is so critical to like just staying consistent as an entrepreneur, which the hardest part about being an entrepreneur, I think personally, is the potential for inconsistency, especially if you left corporate America. Like if you came with, you know, every other week you had a paycheck or, or whatever, and you know, you got paid well, and then you come out and you, you don't have that anymore. Um, there is an F, a need to stay consistent with your activities. And those activities are, you know, building up your own mind, building up your business. Like most people end up spending most of their time working in their business rather than working on their business and on themselves. And that's where you, when you don't, when you just get focused on the client fulfillment stuff, man, it's really hard to stay up with that ongoing consistent effort to, to continue to build the base, to write those sales letters, to write an email, to, I saw Lindsay joined on a little bit earlier, do a newsletter to her, you know, clients, blog posts. I mean, all that type of stuff really, um, uh, you know, helps to, to just stay consistent with that, with that effort for your, for your business. Otherwise, and, and then even more so the point I want to make even more so in a down market. So if we are facing what everybody's predicting we're facing from a market perspective and just inflation and, and recession type of, type of things, as a, for those of you who are in a service-based business, you can still do well, but it just means you're going to have to just stay consistent with your prospecting efforts, with your marketing efforts, with your sales efforts. And that's a big mistake I see people make is not devoting enough time or money towards their marketing efforts. And then when times get a little bit tough, that being the very first thing they get rid of, which is counter to everything that needs to happen to support your business. I'd rather get rid of my Starbucks or any other excessive money that I spend somewhere than ditch my marketing efforts. Well, it's you make a really good point. We're talking, for those of you just joining, just talking about classic entrepreneur mistakes particularly as we enter a potential, you know, everyone's talking about a recession <laughs> and the White House is like, we have no idea what you're talking about. And well, we don't think there's a recession, which definitely means we're in trouble. Right. Um, but anyway, and um, so the thing of it is, is to realize the number one thing that I would say is you got to get your mind right, which and realize and tell yourself, I am not participating. I will do anything I can. I'm going to make more money. I mean, it starts there. Mm -hmm. All success starts in the mind. Um, and I really, I, for those of you who don't know who Andy Frisella is, Andy Frisella is the guy who started the 75 Hard Challenge. So while I was over in Europe, I downloaded some of his podcasts because I was on trains and I was on planes and I was on automobiles. Mm. And they so, should make a movie about that. They really should. But they had Ben Newman on there, who's like a co who's uh, I think he was an insurance sales guy who decided he was going to start coaching athletes. And he was talking about some of the athletes he's changed were trained where literally every single one of these guys was like success begins in the mind. Mm -hmm. So if we are in fact facing a recession. You want to get your mind right now to be like, hey, my business is going to grow and expand and my customer base is going to widen at the bottom because I'm going to keep growing my business. I'm not going to run and hide and listen to the media um, who are all corrupt anyways. Uh, 
you can go through. I've seen it happen time and again, and I've seen businesses thrive during 2008. And 2008 sucks so hard. If you guys weren't in business then, like you don't realize just how bad it was. Mm -hmm. If you go back and watch the big short, that will give you a little taste of just how bad it was. But you had the housing market and the the, um, stock market. There wasn't a crypto market back then crashing. And you had banks absolutely refusing to lend money. Every banker in town ran and head to the hills and like people couldn't get mortgages for a year or two. Yes, one or two of them went through, but for some businesses, it was a great time because their competition had all stopped marketing or collapsed. And so people that were able to react to it were able to step in and really grow their business from that point. So that's my little rant. Yeah, and I love that because like, I think the mindset around making money, I I like how you phrase that if like the mindset is I'm not going to participate in this. Like, I'm not going to let it bring me down. So I'll give an example and, and I'll, you know, we may get a little hate for this one, but I'll, but I'll we'll go there anyway. I sit at the gas pump. So well, the other yesterday I filled up or two days ago, I filled up. Thankfully, I don't, my office is 20 feet from my backyard, you know, back door. So I can just walk to work. But, um, but I drive my gar- car to go play golf was basically all I would do. Uh, but it takes premium gas. It was six, I think 689 or 690 something, whatever. I mean, almost up, for all intents and purposes, up seven bucks a gallon. And, you know, all around town, you get the Biden stickers of I did this, you know, and then or you get the oh, <laughs> you get down here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we get those around or, you know, I get somebody who's saying and I'm not going to make a pl- you get both sides of it, right? You get somebody who blames Biden. You get somebody who blames Trump's Russian buddies or, or whatever. Somebody's got an opinion on it. While all of you are thinking about that, and I, I know this can sound somewhat <laughs> jerk-like, but but hear me out. While you're all so worrying Dom- about who Dominic to, Dominic is an elitist snob. Just so we get this. Straight that's probably because I'm wearing my USC. <laughs> let's see, can we get that on there? I'm wearing my USC, my USC shirt. That's is particularly making me elitist. Anyway, while all of the people are sitting there sticking a sticker on there or talking about it on Twitter. I'm thinking about, okay, well then cool. I just need to sell somebody else. So it doesn't matter to me. Like the mindset is just different. Now I don't, again, I'm not that guy. Like I'm not literally thinking, well, I mean, I am a little bit, I'm just thinking in my head, like you all can sit here getting complaining about, I don't like it either, but I'm not going to participate. I'm just going to go sell something. Like I just go get a, pick up another client offset it, not worry about it. Because look, if, if inflation for, or I'll raise prices, like Frank Kern has that great, I don't know if you've ever heard him. Frank Kern talks about stabilize, optimize, expand. He talks about those be the three order of it. Stabilize your business, optimize your business, then expand. He goes, everybody tries to make more money by going and expanding. It's a terrible idea. If you can picture him in his Southern, you know, Tennessee, this is a terrible idea. So Georgia, Georgia, is that where he's from? So yeah, but the but the piece is that you, the what he says is like stabilize your business, get it, you know, get it working, fix all the little pieces, get the, the foundation right. The next thing is optimize. And he's like, when people come to me, he goes, I love it. They pay me a lot of money. They'll spend twenty twenty five thousand, thirty thousand dollars, spend two days at my house. And he's like and then they're like, oh, cool. How do I optimize my business? And he's like, double your prices. And it's and and then he says and then they're like okay then I expand he goes just double your prices and let's see how it goes so then they double their prices they come back he goes then they pay me another thirty thousand come to my house for two days and they ask me what to do and I tell them double your prices and you just keep doing that he goes you don't need to expand just raise your prices now here's where I'll talk about this this is why I say don't participate thank you your local crack babies yes this fires me up 
double your prices, raise your prices. If you're not raising your prices, let's say inflation is 8% right now, you're not actually experiencing 8%, you're experiencing 16%. Because if you're taking that, you're actually going the wrong, like you're, you're, you're actually doubling inflation. So take whatever number you're pissed off about, like we all are about inflation right now, and double it if you don't double your prices and start figuring out how to get your mind right around charging your clients more. And then don't look at the stinking pump and blame somebody. Yes, it's somebody's fault. But but then it becomes your problem if you don't go out there and just sell something more. Go build your business up a little bit more, right? So it, it, it just, uh, you know, I had this great story. Um, maybe it was somebody in my mastermind group. I can't remember who, yeah, it was my mastermind group. Uh, he was talking to a guy who does concrete. And he said, the guy now is saying, if you don't sign this contract in the next week, I have to reevaluate your price. And I'm not trying to be a jerk. It's not a sales pitch. I just can't guarantee what the price of concrete's going to be. And what he had said, he said he had actually, the reason why he changed it, he had somebody who took 30 days to uh, make a decision on pouring some concrete in their yard. He had to eat 15 grand in the difference of concrete price. So if a, if a concrete guy is doing that, which by the way is smart, then why are you not doing the same thing? You got to make a decision today. Otherwise I requote this deal in a week because I don't know where prices are going. So it's just, that, that's that mindset of just don't participate in the crap. Set your mind that like, I don't care what inflation is going to be. I have the ability to control how it impacts me. There's my rant. Sorry got fired up all right man take a breath yeah by the way i'm gonna point something out to you guys that a lot of pe you people may not know um just for historical perspective um the last time that inflation was this bad was during the carter years and unfortunately i'm one of the few of us on this call old enough to remember <laughs> those carter years and what was so interesting is gas was out of control but here's the problem you couldn't even get it you had to wait in line I remember this as a kid waiting in line and you can only go on certain days based on what the last digit of your license plate was. But my mom worked for a doctor, so she got a special sticker because they couldn't have the doctors not showing up because they couldn't put gas in their cars. And you had to basically sit there and wait for the truck to show up um, and put the gas into the ground and then you can pump it at the pump. So, you know, again, if you've never lived through high inflation before, like you're seeing right now, it sucks. It's scary. Just realize that it will end. Um, you know, either the current administration will figure it out and change policies to bring some of these prices, start to bring things back down the other direction. Where they're going to get voted out and a new administration is going to get put in, whoever that is. And, um, and in your case, you cannot control the price of gas. You can't control the price of food or concrete, what you can control is your actions and your mindset right. around all of that and your, your ironclad will that your family will not suffer as a result. Yep. That's yep. the number one thing because that decision, just like your decision to become an entrepreneur in the first place, that's the decision that will drive all your other decisions. 100%. So, do we have any other mistakes we're going to talk or should we let him out of class early? What do you, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, we can let him out of class early. I got fired up on that last one. So everybody's like, dude, <laughs> easy, easy killer. <laughs> we're only going to, we're only going to go downhill from there. 
So um, I got one last one. I, I did make a note. I did make one note. I'd love to get your take on this one. I know we only got a few minutes, but uh, so one big mistake. I have made this one <laughs> uh, twice, taking on a partner. Now, as far as I know, you for the well, I know you actually have had business with partners. What's your thoughts about that? I got some thoughts, but I'm curious to see what you what you think about taking on a partner as an entrepreneur. First of all, um, lovely CJP, it's so good to see you. Mindset yep. has to believe you're worth it. The loyal customers will follow regardless because they know you're worth. Hey, we've got a couple clients right now. I'll tell you guys a funny quick story about that, lovely. We've got a couple clients right now who aren't paying their bill for last year. <laughs> all right. Now, one in particular, I should have picked up on the red flag because it was someone who was like, oh, I thought you were going to charge me this. So it's kind of like I wasn't paying attention. And I'm like, all right, it was for some tax work. Like, you know, I could have said that. So I'm like, all right, we'll honor that price. So it was low, below market average and below what I would have charged. Now, they're not paying their bill. Now, I don't get mad about it. I see a lot of tax professionals get worked up. How dare they? I did the work. I'm like, we're going to ask nicely a couple of times. Your shit's going over to collections. You can fight with them. Like, I don't have the patience for it. And I also know not to work with you again. So also be careful about slashing prices because you attract bad clients oh, at that yeah. point. Now, what was the question before? Taking I on, on a partner. That? Taking on a partner. So it's tough. Um, we're going to have a business partner of mine on another yep. business on here. And I think he would agree. If you're there, because I think we're going to do it the week you're on the cruise, if you're able to jump on, ask him that question with me on there. Now, I, I control the microphone so I can cut his ass off <laughs> and say something on a way. <laughs> but, but, it, but partners are tough. And you know what? I have an exceptionally good partner on that business. But partners are tough because you kind of always need one person to be in charge. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of why we don't have two presidents or they don't have two generals, you know, equally in command. There has to be a commander in chief of any organization or any military for one person who has the total say um, and the, the buck rests with. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that question. Uh, Alessandra, if you're listening, can you grab that? Just say, yeah, thank you. She just sent me an attachment. I want to come back to that question from the only Karina. Cause it's a, yeah, I, this, that's a, this is another one that fires me up. Uh, that's like my friend right there. So I would just say, be very careful about taking a partner or starting a partnership yep. and ha make sure that if you have a partner that you, you just like, look, nobody, nobody listens to me on this, but if you're going to get married, you are now inviting the state and the government into your relationship and they are going to dictate how assets are. Hey, Irene, good to see you. By the way, Irene, we got to get you on this. So we're going to have a chat. Um, I'll give you a call next week. Um, they need to turn around and we recommend prenups because we're like, you guys figure out what, how this goes. And I would say absolutely have a business prenup. You know, you need to figure out where, who's going to go where on this and how it's going to, who gets to decide when it ends, how it ends, what you're going to do with stuff. Really, that's a huge, 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 huge deal. And I think um, the mistake I've made with partnerships in the past is a mindset issue, right? Like I, 
uh, thought I lacked in something. So let me go find somebody it versus this person is going to provide a material piece to my business. And like, you know, like if, if, you know, if you're going to go into a business and you're like, well, I need this partner because they're better at finance. No, you just need an accountant. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's there's a difference between trying to fill a need versus, okay, I'm going to go into a partnership and we if we combine like so, for instance, Ron and I are in a sentence, a partnership on this show. Ron is an expert in tax. I know a little bit about it, but I don't most of it I learned from Ron. He's an expert in the tax thing. He holds his uh, uh, investment licenses. I used to have investment licenses, but they've lapsed. So I'm not going to go get new ones. So Ron can have a conversation about those things. Now, does Ron know a ton about sales? Yes. But is that my core but, business every day? But, yes. Right. Way, so so let me let me answer. Let me touch in on Karina's question. It sounds like you know her, but like the the, the can you touch her question that flew by? We, but thanks, Alessandra, for for screen capturing this. Is can you touch on the mistake of taking on all clients? Just had to let go of a nightmare client this week, and I'm new to this territory. So interestingly enough, I will not state that they are a nightmare client, but I dropped a big client this last week. So six figure client billing for one hundred fifty thousand plus a year. I dropped in this last week, partially because they were taking just too much of my time. And you've got to, so, so what I equate new business owners, when you're brand new, you kind of do take every client and there's understand it's understandable to do that when you're first starting out. I equate it to, you know, maybe this isn't, this is aging me, but you remember those old game shows where they would stick somebody in like a plexiglass box and then they would fire money up into the box and then they had to grab whatever they could grab. That's what I look at. Like, that's when you're first starting out in business is you figure you're like just reaching for every dollar and you end up missing a lot of the good dollars. Like there's, you know, 20s mixed in with the ones and there's no way while you're trying to grab that one $20 bill, you're getting some ones and it, things don't work. You end up those people end up with like a handful of few dollars in their hand. Right. And that's the whole design of the thing. As you get more senior into business, you got to start thinking about like I equate it to which you couldn't do in the game show, but like go stick your hand over the pipe where the thing cash is coming out and just collect, you know, just get it, be, be much more careful about it. So what you have to do, and this is one of the pieces that, that I look at as a way to kind of counter that to you, Karina is, is that one, I admire you for doing it. Like just, just focus in like, that's a smart business decision. If they're a nightmare and you got rid of them, good on you. You're already on the right way to the mindset. The second part of it is you got to have your purpose clear in mind. And I use, and this is cheesy, but I use the the analogy of like the North Star. The interesting thing about the North Star is it kind of, if, if you ever take like a time-lapse photo of the North Star, everything rotates generally around it. So if you have like that North Star, think about like going on a hike. Let's say you're going up the trail and there's a massive boulder in the middle of the trail. If you know like let's say you were headed north right on this trail and and you see this massive boulder, you're going to have to go around that boulder for a minute. You, you have to, right? So you go around it. The key is to be able to have that point to look back and go, okay, now if I go back this way, I'll be back on the trail. The Taking every dollar, you got to evaluate those clients and say, do they match up with my North Star? So this client that I, that I just dropped, again, I... I'm going to miss the 150 grand a year plus, you know, that we've, that I've built uh, with him. It's actually the third time I've dropped them as a client <laughs> um, <laughs> because I love them. Right 
been your no, no. I, it, we, I, I try to control when I leave, right? So, you know, he wants me to stay forever. He offers me a job every time I come. He pays me really good money. I work with him for a while, and then it starts to take too much of my time, and it's and it's time to move on because I go, no, I want to focus on this show. I want to focus on my mastermind. I want to focus on the things that really bring me a ton of pleasure. And I love these guys. And I'm sure I'll work with them again. But it's not so, my North so Star. Yeah. But okay. it's not my North Star. Like All it's. Right, let me weigh in. Yeah, please. Let, let me weigh in. Dominic saw high and like the North Star, man. Karina, here's the thing. If you wake up, this is the Dan Kennedy thing. If you wake up more than three mornings in a row thinking about a client and you're not sleeping yep. with them, they got to go. So, and what you'll do is you will get much better at this and spotting the warning signs right up front that they are not your ideal client and just realize that firing a bad client is one of life's greatest joys. It really is. And usually, and look, I don't fire often, uh, you know, really, it's very rare. But but I lasted it last year with a lady who was just nasty and disrespectful. And finally, I'd had enough. And she wrote, she even wrote me back. Uh, well, now I know why your first wife divorced you. <laughs> and I'm like, I told her, you know what my final comment was? Hey, if you'd like to commiserate with her, I can give you her phone number. I'm sure she'd agree. Right. <laughs> right. Not my ex-wife. My ex-wife's fine. It's my, it's this stupid client. So the point is, Karina, just look, There, nothing beats time on the water in business, just like in fishing, which I'm not really a fisherman, but I know they say like you learn to read the currents and you learn to read when the fish are biting. In business, there's just some lessons that you cannot learn the first time around. Mm -hmm. You just have to go through it. But let's go right back to what we started talking about, which is if you have more clients wanting to work with you than you can work with which is the best position to be in, then the minute you fire a shitty client, you'll have two new yep. good ones ready to come back and work with you and want to be you know, happy and faithful and appreciative of what you do. So that's the thing. And, and I can't tell you how to spot them, but you will learn on your own how to spot them. For sure. All right, dude, we got to wrap this up, yep. man. I got, I got to get, I got to get some other stuff. But um, it was a pleasure. We will do it again. Now, are you out of town next week? No, I'm. Uh, I'll be in Miami, right, but we'll I can do the show, so I'll be we'll in town. Like we'll post like Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, somewhere in there of what we're chatting about. We'll come up with some good stuff. We appreciate all of you guys, and don't forget, you can catch last season's episode either on my page or better yet, if you go to make more, keep more dot. Keep more, make more, keep more show.com. Make more, keep more show.com. By the way, Karina, you're welcome. And Budget Dog and Irina, it was good to see you guys and your local crack babies, lovely CJP. We appreciate all of you guys. Yep. But if you want to go catch those back shows, go check it out there. Dominic, I'll touch base with you on Monday and we'll chat about it. All right. Sounds okay. good. Have a great weekend. Thanks, everybody. Right, we'll talk to you soon. Care, all of you. Bye.